Tune in to Good Vibes with Good Vibes Productions. Let the journey begin. Slow down, breathe, and connect with your inner state of calm. Today on Soulful Conversation, I spoke to Jen. Jen is highly educated and lived a well-respected and successful career as a police sergeant for the greater part of her life. Jen also was married for many years and has three adult children. Jen, she also lived her life as a male called Jeff for the first 60 years of her life. Jeff, he went to college, got married, had kids, built a career, but something just never felt quite normal. The truth is, you just can't know what you just don't know. But then Google appeared and answers to many unanswered questions were able to be explored. And this is the moment when Jeff knew he was really Jen. But unfortunately, it wasn't that easy. You see, Jeff, he had a mortgage, three kids to look after, a dog to feed, and a wife that he truly loved deeply. He had commitments, and coming out as Jen, it just was not possible for him at that time. When his children had all grown up, sadly, he had lost his wife. And it was then that the call towards authenticity could no longer be denied. And he knew that eventually decisions would have to be made. The call towards authenticity, it is sacred and it's holy. It's for the greater good of all. Whilst transgender and the entire LGBT movement has moved positively forward in leaps and bounds, it does still have a very long way to go. The conservative way in which mainstream culture labels and defines absolutely everything in order to make things feel understood and comfortable is where much of the problems do stem from. In a world where many things, they're still rejected because we just simply do not understand them. But we, as individuals, we must choose to rise strong and be willing to try and do what we can in order to honour the journey of another. Jen, she shares her journey to becoming a transgender woman. Now, whilst she can't speak for other transgender women, I did find a lot of strength, humour, warmth, acceptance, and quite frankly, a lot of inspiration from Jen's journey. I learnt so much from Jen, and it opened my mind even further. After all, what do any of us really know about the shoes in which we have never walked? Holding respect and having curiosity for another's journey, which is different to our own, it will only expand our own minds and grow our empathy. I really enjoyed chatting with Jen, and I hope that you enjoy listening to this episode.
I didn't start transitioning until I was much later in life. As I said, my wife had passed away. Children are all left home. Mm. And it was all of a sudden I've gone, I actually I remember thinking it to myself, I've given myself permission to explore this. Where I do object, where I do get to find it offensive, is where somebody knows who I am, somebody knows that I'm Jennifer, and says, yes, Mr. Good, yes, sir. Now that's happened to me a couple of times. And if they think they're being clever, they're not. It tells me an awful lot more about them than they think they know about me. I'm Claire, and this is the OM Collective Podcast. And welcome to Soulful Conversations, where we bring together heart-centred individuals, thought leaders, creatives, change makers, healers and seekers, to delve into soulful conversations that steep the soul. Because after all, asking questions, listening and opening our mind up to the world around us. It has the power to refresh our priorities, renew our perspective, and shift our focus to the things that matter most. Secondly, I'm going to ask you certain questions. You're not obliged to answer unless you wish to, but whatever you say may be recorded and and be used in evidence. Do you understand? (laughs) That's the police... The police sergeant coming out in you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, so, so Jen, so for most of your life, mm-hmm. you were Jeff, yeah. you were a police sergeant. During the police force uh, when I was 19. Back in those days, like I think I was saying to you before, anything to do with trans... Well, there was no word for transgender. Mm-hmm. It was um, yeah. uh, trannies. They were, oh, yeah, those trannies up at the cross, you know. I remember that. Yeah, mm. and the car with Lakers also and all that type. And they were more, um, I, 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 wouldn't, I don't know if you'd say that they were a, a source of fun, amusement, or I suppose it depended a lot on the person who was saying it, but they were seen as really uh, well, mm. out there sort of thing, regardless of the fact that uh, apparently they did... Uh, Amuse and entertain an awful lot of people over mm. the years. But that, that's another thing. It was seen as being one of those things to be looked down on, laughed at, and all the rest. There was no, nothing about people who just lived their lives in a different gender or, mm. you know, or you know, homosexual or heterosexual, gay. There was no such word as gay. Lesbians? Oh, no, we don't, we don't talk about, you know, don't have any lesbians in this world. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of denial, a lot of fear, and a lot of misunderstanding. For me, a lot of confusion too, I must add. Yeah, it's one of those things that I knew there was something different or there was something not right, I suppose to be the best way. Um, as you get older, it doesn't go away. And I met Eileen, mm-hmm. we got married, we had three kids. And then when the internet came along and you can start... Getting online and exploring things without you know, going out and asking the next door neighbour for advice. My God, I know. You know what I mean. But it was getting to that stage where 
if you needed to find out something, you had a source of information, you had the internet, and it could be done very anonymously and all the rest of it, and be sitting back. And I'd be getting onto these websites and going, nah, that's on me. No, that's on me. Well, yeah, maybe. Nah, that's on me. Yeah, and it's sort of suddenly finding out that I was not the only person who felt that way. Mm-hmm. Finding out that there was a whole world out there mm-hmm. of other people and finding out that, um, yeah, we're not all alike. And, uh, yeah, that was very eye-opening. And um, anyway, by that stage there, I was married. I had three kids. I had responsibilities. I had a mortgage, a dog to look after too, and, yeah. and a responsible job. Oh, my God, yeah. And at that stage, you start feeling very guilty about this these feelings. Mm. And you start, yes. it's like this massive weight that's here. Oh, my God, what if somebody finds out my secret? Oh, my God, yeah. Not mm. throw rocks at me. I'll be, yeah, laughed out and all the rest. And that's what it felt like. But when you realised what you identified as, yeah. how long did that go for? Would you say five years, ten years, Well, 20? I didn't really identify straight away as to what I was. I knew there was something wrong. I, was, I didn't like my body and everything. When you look in the mirror and you go, Ugh. yeah, this is all wrong. You know, I've got parts I shouldn't have and there's parts I'd want to have. And like I said, you've got responsibilities. You've got a responsibility to your kids. To my wife, I couldn't say I'd do anything there because uh, I didn't want to hurt Eileen, I didn't want to upset her, I didn't want to uh, lose her. Mm. And if I'd come out and say, yeah, gee, I think I like to dress in, cl- uh, in dre- yeah, wear dresses and stockings and dot makeup. Mm. Yeah, I imagine what would have happened. I wasn't prepared to do that. So anything I did like that was done in secret. It was with a lot of guilt and a lot of uh, loathing. Mm-hmm. And this secret was hanging over you all the time, mm-hmm. like a boulder mm-hmm. pushing down on you. And anyway, it wasn't until Eileen um, passed away, so that was in 2009, about a year later. Enough's enough, I've got to do something about this. So then I started exploring where I was going and uh, started having a look at different things. I was pretty sure I was um, a cross dresser, definitely, but as to how far it went and all the rest, just didn't know. But the biggest drama was just trying to tell somebody. You felt like you needed to tell somebody. So who was the first person and how did you, what did you do? Well, it took a long time. I started exploring by myself. It's amazing what you can buy on the internet. Hormones, testosterone blockers. I very, very, very strongly recommend anybody not to do that, mm. and almost uh, the testosterone blockers mm. almost killed my kidneys. Oh, wow. Yeah. When I finally did get around, you know, did pluck up the courage to see something, it was uh, a doctor, Dr. Bob. Can't remember his last name. I always called him Dr. Bob. And he was a very dull, and uh, he sat down there, and I've gone in, and I just blurted it all out. And he's sitting there and going, hmm, oh, hmm. Hmm. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's very Rogerian, very, uh, oh, yeah, how do you feel about that? Um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I did a bit of counselling training uh, back years ago, and I, I love the Rogerian system, you know, where you just 
encourage the person to talk and just sit there like you're doing at the moment. Yeah. Nodding their head and having her and her. Anyway, at the end of it, I was just about yeah, breathing hard and all the rest as if you'd run a couple hundred miles or something. And at the end of it, he said to me, he said, how did you expect me to react to that? And I said, I don't know. I thought you'd start swearing at me and scream abuse at me and throw rocks at me or something. He said, why would you think that? I said, I don't know. <laughs> but it was this fear that you build up inside of you. <laughs> and he was brilliant. He just said, okay, look, I don't know a great deal about this. Give me a, a week and I'll find out some information for you. Come back in a week and we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. In the meantime, I wanted you to take this test and this test, and I don't think you should be taking that stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, that's that's where the journey started. But from there, it was pretty long and drawn out. That would have been sometime in 2010. And at that stage, I knew I was definitely a cross-dresser and uh, possibly more, but I really didn't know for sure. Hadn't met anybody from the AGA, the Agenda Agenda, who are brilliant Shocking name title for a year organization, but they are really brilliant people, very, very supportive, very inclusive. It was almost like a oh, big weight off my back, and yeah, I finally told somebody. But then you've got the other problem who do I start telling next? I know, and how do I go about it? And what do I say to my three kids now? They were all growing up, mm-hmm. they left home and uh, had their own careers and you know, going about their own business and everything. So Try and think of the most deepest, darkest secret that you'd feel so embarrassed about or ashamed of, um, your child or your husband or your sister or brother or whoever, you know, if you had to go and confront them and tell them about it. And how would you feel about it yourself? Very fearful. Yeah. And that's how I felt. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And how long did it take you to tell the next person after the doctor? Uh, quite a fair bit of time. Um, by that stage, I started getting a few things sorted out. I was going over to the AGA over in Canberra, okay. um, seeing a counsellor there. Started going out in public. That was fascinating. Dressed up? Time. Dressed up. Okay. Yeah. That would have um, been scary, wouldn't it, at oh, first? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the things, you know, you, you imagine it, all sorts of things going mm-hmm. on. First time I was, uh, went out in public dressed as Jennifer. It was in Canberra, it was a Friday afternoon, I was going to meet the counsellor over in a coffee shop over in uh, Civic, and I was so nervous, and I'm walking across him, everybody's looking at me, everybody's looking at me, they're all laughing, and I suddenly looked around and go, no they're not, they don't give a damn. Okay, that's good. <laughs> and uh, the funniest thing was, it flashed back in my mind, the first day I was in the police force, going to work for the first time in uniform. I was walking down at the railway station to catch the train. I'm going, oh, oh, everybody's looking at me. Oh, I forgot my fly donut. Oh, yeah. What have I... Yeah. And then I suddenly realised, no, they're not. They're too busy in their own life. Yeah, they don't care. They no. really... Uh, if they did notice, which most people don't, they wouldn't care anyway. Mm. So, yeah, they just... Oh, it's all in your head. That's it where is. all the fears are. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And when you overcome it... Uh, so much better. So you sort of started reaching out to like the AGA and yeah, counselling, and yeah. was that for like a good year after um, the time doctor? And probably would have been. I think after that, I started letting a few people know locally, and from memory, one of the first was next to an over, Nat, 
Nat, I think she's, I don't know if she's in New Zealand or she's heading to New Zealand. At that stage, she was a school teacher down at Berrydale. She's now an Anglican minister. And uh, I like to refer to it as my friend, the priestess. <laughs> she had a noise, which is good. Uh, but yeah, no, I told her, and oh, it was the funniest thing because I really caught her at an off guard moment. We had this beer that it was going stale. I know that sounds wrong for anybody who drinks a bit of beer, but yeah, and sitting around for too long. And she's helping me pour down the drain out near the garage. And she's leaning down, pouring down the drain. I said, Nat, I've got something I've got to tell you. Oh, what is it, darling? I'm going, I'm transgendered. Oh, oh, <laughs> you okay? And I've got, oh, yeah. It was, it was just sort of that sort of reaction. But that was, the funny thing was, all the scenarios that you run through your head as mm-hmm. to how people will react, it's never what you expect. I was in the Dragonbird Club down here in Jindabyne at the time. Went along to, um, it was the first training session of the year, and uh, I've been in the club a few years. And anyway, I saw the club president at the time, Robin, and uh, told her what was going on in my life. Anyway, I said, look, I want to tell the crew, and if there's any dramas, yeah, look, I'll, I'll back out or whatever. He said, oh, no, yeah, that'll be fine. I'll, you know, I'll call everybody together after the training session, and you can let them know then. And I'm okay. And uh, anyway, I've gone, um, Robin's gone and said, oh, Jeff's got something he wants to uh, tell you. And I've gone, uh, yeah. Does anybody here know what transgender means? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, well, I am. Oh, how's it going? Yeah. A couple of the men shook their hand, a couple of the women gave me a hug and everything. You know, shit, that went easier than I thought. Wow, so it did go well. It did. And uh, then I topped it off. I said, by the way, something else I have to tell you. Everybody's going, oh, dear. <laughs> What's this? And I said, I've given up smoking. Yay! <laughs> now you're doing little victory laps. And I'm sort of, oh, God. <laughs> that was more important to them than, yeah, okay. <laughs> wow. So that's quite a good reaction, really, compared to what a lot of people have had. I must admit, there's one thing I do like about Chindabai. I love about Chindabai. Um, I always joke, nobody really cares about your religion, your race, your your sexuality. They don't care about that. All they want to know is, do you ski or snowboard? Mm. Perisher or Threadbur. That's true. (laughs) Anything after that, well, yeah. Whatever. Mm. Very true. (laughs) So what was it like? So once you've told these people and you realise that it wasn't as scary as what you thought, how did it feel now to be Jen all the time? Normal. For the first time in a long time, I felt normal. I felt, yeah, oh, yeah, do I am. That must have been a nice feeling. It is. It's a yeah. very good feeling. Bit of, a little bit of quietness and inner peace in. Probably. But um, I wasn't at war with myself. And so how I felt and how I looked and everything was starting to come together. So, yeah, the easiest way to say it is I felt normal. There was no great, I feel liberated or anything. No, just, no none of that. Just normal. Just normal. That's nice, nice and simple. So, Jen, 
there are people out there who they don't understand the concept of transgender and there are people that do say, oh, I don't understand why a man would want to be a woman or a woman would want to be a man. So in your own words, can you maybe just help these people understand that a little bit more maybe? You could do a whole uh, lecture series on this. You could, you could. One of the things... um, (laughs) When I was trying to come to grips with it was the AGA particularly. They describe a lot of these types of things, but they say there's four things you should look at. Sex, as in the physical attributes you're born with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, male genitalia, female genitalia, bodybuilding, everything like that. Mm-hmm. Gender, how you see yourself, sexuality, who you get attracted to, and presentation, how you appear to others. Mm-hmm. Now... I don't think there's terribly many people who look at field and everything else the same as anybody else. In that regard, I think we're all a bit different. Now, say, um, sex. We say, oh, yes, you'll get so many people arguing, you're either male or female. No, not really. There's a whole range of possibilities there. You have people who were born into sex, Sometimes they might have uh, partially male and partially female genitalia. They may have um, grow breasts or anything. There's there's a whole range of things. It was nothing uncommon for uh, babies when they were born and they, they had this sort of, oh, is it a boy or a girl? Flick a coin, oh, it's a boy. For want of a better thing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of doctors, sometimes even without telling the parents, were doing a little bit of quick surgery so that the uh, parents would have, oh, yes, here's your baby boy, baby girl, whatever. And that in itself caused massive problems later on in life for that baby, for that child. Um, These days, hopefully, a lot of people are saying, don't make snap decisions. Let the child grow. Let the child decide, you know, see how the child develops. See what's best for the child, not to make you feel happy. So anyway, that's one issue. Gender, again, whole range of possibilities. Imagine at one end of the spectrum, think of the most girly, girly, um, feminine, feminine, female, what's that song out of South Pacific? There ain't nothing like a thing. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Who, who would be the epitome from your point of view for the most... Feminine. Real feminine. Real, yeah, absolutely. The, the poster child for the... Yeah, probably some pop singer, I would say, like uh, Britney Spears or someone. I'll say Britney Spears. Now, go down the other end of the spectrum, who's the most masculine male that you can think of? <laughs> think of the most masculine... Most masculine ma- the, male. the poster child for the alpha male. Oh, it would have to be, um, what's his name, Thor... Oh, uh, uh, What's his you name? Know, you Aussie, know. Aussie actor. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Uh, <laughs> I can't even believe I can't remember his name. <laughs> yeah, I've got a blank. Hemsworth, too. someone Hemsworth. Mark? No. No, not Mark. Uh, not anyway, I know, yeah, I know who you mean now. And yeah, he's got to admit, yeah, he does the thing. Now, between Hemsworth and Brittany, yeah. 
Would you agree there's a whole range of possibilities? Absolutely, there you've is. You've got different body shapes, you've got different body styles, you've got different approaches to life, mm-hmm. you've got different uh, ways of expressing yourself and everything. Mm. And some people are very, very, uh, mm. some people are very, uh, yeah. mm. and it's all in between. So to say, oh, yes, you're either female or male, it's too much of a simplification. Mm, it's a good way to put it. So, yeah, you look at the whole spectrum. So that's gender, how you see yourself. And then sexuality. Basically, who is it you're attracted to? Um, You're attracted to a lady, you're attracted to a man, you're attracted to both. You might not be attracted to anybody. You may be asexual. You don't worry about sex. It's got nothing to do with you. Yeah, and there's a whole spectrum of possibilities there and mm. um, this is where they get into uh, uh, gosh what they call it now gender fluid it gets into that as well and you you know you like you look at sexuality um, you've got uh, heterosexual bisexual um, asexual you've got uh, uh, homosexual lesbian you name it it's all there yeah. and it was the whole re- mixture in between. It is not just uh, humans that do this. This is the same with the, in the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Uh, nature is very diverse. And as for presentation, how do people present to each other? Now, some people like you know, Chris Hemsworth. Chris, that's Yes, it. there we go. That's it. I knew we'd get there eventually. <laughs> Chris, on one hand, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, he's very, oh, very blokey, how are you going? Hey, bang, yeah. Yeah. And Brittany, I'm like, I've got no idea. She would probably be, oh, yes, I'm so gorgeous. Oh, yes, everybody loves me. Yeah, I don't know. But in between, you've got a whole range of possible behavior too. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, too, how people dress. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth gets around with um, Viking outfits and battle axes and <laughs> hammers and things. I don't know. Uh, Brittany, uh, it's all probably tizzed up hair and lots of makeup. Um, you know, and those, you're not wearing much or any makeup, but you'll see some ladies who would not go out the front door without makeup on. Mm. My mother used to be like that. Um, she's very 50s, my housewife. <laughs> um same with some guys, you know, would never be seen without short haircut and yeah. a fierce expression on the face and all the rest. It's not so for dress, what people wear says a lot about them. It's too simple to say you're either male or female, mm-hmm. you're either uh, heterosexual or you're queer. It doesn't work that way. It's very true. We like to label everything in life in boxes, don't so. we? Yeah. And if somebody crawls out of the box and doesn't look as if they're conforming, mm. uh, I sometimes wonder at the people who get most upset about it. Um, this At the moment, you've got this uh, big fuffle about uh, freedom of religion. And a lot of it, it sounds like a few extremists in particular, are talking about the freedom to discriminate oh. based on sexuality and based on... Um, Gender and all sorts of things like that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, and it's not freedom of religion. No. It's freedom to discriminate. Goodness, that's taking it a bit far. Oh, it is. Yes. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, anyway, that's my little tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we sort of covered this a little bit, but 
Have you ever felt judged or found it uncomfortable to be in certain situations or around certain people? And and if this is the case, how have you found to be brave enough within to let the real Jen just show up? I think nobody's ever come up to me and you know, said, oh, you big fairy or anything like that. I think because I'm standing about 185 centimetres, weigh over 120 kilos, don't, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> um, and I am, was a weapons trainer when I was in the police force, amongst other things. So I think I probably tend to be a little bit intimidating physically. Mm-hmm. However, there have been a few occasions. Now, uh, there's a term called misgendered where people, and it happens to me all the time, mainly because of my size, I've got a very deep voice, which I can't do much about, so I can't try speaking like, oh, darling, <laughs> oh, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah that, that's yeah. I can't do that, I won't do that. Yeah, I, I just feel comfortable being me. Yeah. But if somebody comes up and says, oh, yes, Mr. Good, or... Oh, yes, sir. And I get that a hell of a lot because of my size and everything. Although it doesn't happen very often if I'm wearing a skirt or a dress or something like that. Mm-hmm. I just brush it off as, okay, you made a mistake, but I'm not going to make an issue out of it. Where I do object, where I do get to find it offensive, is where somebody knows who I am, somebody knows that I'm Jennifer, and says, yes, Mr. Good, Yes, sir. Now, that's happened to me a couple of times. And if they think they're being clever, they're not. It tells me an awful lot more about them than they think they know about me. Okay. Last time I come back here and last time I do it with you, goodbye. Yeah. Um, it did happen to me in a doctor's surgery one time when I was a bit surprised. Yeah. And I was uh, at the receptionist. At the uh, receptionist, I was getting another appointment booked. Yes, Mister Good. Yes, sir. I'm standing there just staring at it. I just rolled my eyes and looked at. And there was a guy sitting down here listening to the whole thing. I looked at him. I just shrugged my shoulders, rolled my eyes again. He just started giggling. But what do you do? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to make a big fuss about it because I think that's just counterproductive for me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. But like I said, it tells me an awful lot more about that person than they think they know about me. Mm, mm. And uh, I don't care. Mm. <laughs> well, that's it, right? It's so yeah. true. I'm yeah, just... if that's how they get their fun, well, yeah. Forget it. You're not in my life. It's by the sounds of it, people that want to behave like that, you don't want those people in your oh, life. Oh, God, no, no. Uh, but as far as being out in public or anything, um, a few times you'll see a funny, like a bit of a look or whatever, and mm. sometimes up here in Ginderbine uh, during the winter, you know, and you're going to Woolworths and uh, there's a crowd of people, a lot from out of town, and occasionally I'll get someone going, Give me a strange look, yeah. What the hell? And I find this thing I can do is just look, yeah, if I get eye contact, give them a good big smile and go, G'day, how are you? And the usual reaction is, Oh, good, thanks, how are you? Oh, good. 
Better go. And they walk off, give them a big smile, they have a smile. Who knows, maybe it's changed their mind. Yeah. I don't know. It um, diffuses the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. It's very strong of you not to be affected. It's very strong. Yeah. If I was affected by nasty things people might say to me, Mm. I wouldn't have lasted 36 years Mm. in the police force. That's true. You've had that training. But I I also wonder if you were Jen at a lot younger age as well, do you think you would have been as resilient as you are now? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Um, One thing I wonder about for young ones these days, there's an awful lot more information out there. There's an awful lot more... Um, on the TV, in the internet and everything like that, um, you know, teenagers, young ones, young adults are picking up information, picking up um, contacts and everything so much easier. Mm. And it's not the boogeyman that it used to be. Mm-hmm. However, how that affects them and how they, where they go to from there, it still would have to be a massive battle. Mm-hmm. For me... I didn't start transitioning until I was much later in life. As I said, my wife had passed away. Children are all left home. Mm. And with all of a sudden I've gone, I actually I remember thinking it to myself, I've given myself permission to explore this. It's like that. I had to give myself permission to do it. Mm. And uh, say, right, I've got to do this. A lot of... Uh, you don't want to know some of the mistakes <laughs> you're going to. Oh. Try putting on makeup for the first time and you see how. <laughs> yeah, how do you learn? Do you Google it or what? how do you learn? Uh, usually with by a lot of mistakes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a, oh gosh, through the AGA I got into a, um, a site. There was a, um, a group called Transgender Radio that... Um, as far as I know, it's still going. I haven't visited for ages. But it's all cross-dressers and transgender and a massive number of people that are very supportive, lots of chatter and everything. But every year they used to um, organise a... Uh, well, actually, one of the members, one of the founding members, would put on the Transformal, and it was a uh, hall. Oh, wow. Uh, but the old... Uh, Transformer. What's a good spin on words? It was, yeah. Um, oh, the big old hotel in Katoomba. Oh, uh, yes. Right up on top of the hill there. I know that one, that beautiful thing. It was shut down for Renault's for a while. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, oh, um, not the Sussman Sea, Criterion, Clarendon. Can't remember now. Anyway, they had the Transformer there each year. Unfortunately, though, for after 10 years, they, the guy who used to organise it, or the lady who used to organise it, finally said, enough's enough, I can't do it anymore. So it hasn't been on for about four or five years now. But um, it started off the old day, Saturday, and the little workshops and things. Oh, okay. And then they call it Sunday, uh, Saturday night. And then a bit of an informal get-together on Sunday. But then it sort of snuck over... Friday afternoon, Friday night, and all day Saturday, and then beginning of Sunday, and then Friday afternoon, Saturday, all day Sunday. Oh, yeah. And we're just getting out of hand for uh, Christine. But it was awesome. But was 
when you went up there, it was all trans women or uh, cross-dressing, and they tended to be more on the uh, more mature side. Okay. Senior. And I think it's more because these were the people who fears were never gained to express themselves. Mm-hmm. And the last one I went to, I can still remember there was one of the uh, ladies there, first time she'd ever been out dressed as a woman, acting as a woman, spent the whole weekend. It was the end of the weekend and she was in tears because she had to go back to living as a male. Oh, okay. So she still lived as a male, like that was her little side. Oh, that's now heartbreaking. It was for her and it was it was horrible to watch and but there's but you get to a certain point in life where family, friends, work, all sorts of things. You just there's so many commitments. Mm. So many things that you uh, you think, oh gotcha, what else? And mm. um, it does make it very difficult. It's not just, oh, I'm going to be transgender, that's it. Yeah. You've got other people to think of. You've got other commitments. You've got other things to think of. I was going to ask you um, a question, and, you know, it probably has to do, I'm guessing, with a lot of the younger um, transgenders, um, but I don't want to assume that. I was reading somewhere that up to 80% of transgenders actually contemplate suicide and as much as up to 50% actually attempt it. And this is really heartbreaking. And I'm just wondering, what do you think that mental despair might come from? Is it not feeling accepted, isolated? Where do you think a lot of that could come from? Personally, I think it's just that fear of us others finding out. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, how am I going to uh, talk to people? How am I going to be treated by people? Where am I going to get a job? Uh, what are my parents going to say? What are my friends going to say? How will I live in life? Um, it's all well and good for people to say, oh, just be yourself. Mm. Yeah, but we live in a world where you've got to support yourself, you've got to get on with your life and everything. Mm. And I think maybe, maybe, just maybe, it is becoming a little bit better and a little bit more acceptable Mm -hmm. for trans people to get um, work. But it is still, I think it's more so young ones. I think it's more so the fear, um, depression. Where is this all going to end? Um, Also, unfortunately, there is quite often a bit of a correlation between mental health and transgender, people who might already have a bit of an issue, schizophrenic, bipolar, whatever, and then you say, oh, I'm really a girl, whether you know, it's clinically diagnosed or not, probably just compounds the whole problem. So I'm not too sure. And it's, yeah. Um, it's a hard one. But you didn't ever feel like that because I suppose because you came at an older age, so you were more, uh, you knew who you were. Uh, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I don't think I ever felt suicidal. I did feel depressed. I did feel very fearful about what was going on and where it was all heading to. When I uh, started transitioning, I was actually retired from the police force. Mm-hmm. 
I had a good steady income through a police pension, and I only had myself to look after. So in that regard, I suppose, yeah, I didn't have that many problems. Younger ones, I do feel very sorry for because they've got it all in front of them. It's going to be something they've got to contend with for the rest of their life. Especially probably the workforce. I was reading somewhere and it's definitely getting better, but a lot of people will not hire a transgender. Like it's certainly, you're still discriminated against, unfortunately. I did read, and I haven't looked at it, the, uh, the material for some time, but there was a couple of surveys done over in Canberra I think it was by AGA amongst a few others, mm-hmm. where they said on average uh, transgender people tend to be better qualified but it, uh, also to uh, less likely to get a job in their, fit, in their field or get a job at all. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to be, uh, might be qualified for a fairly high you know, position mm. but they'll be flat out to get a lower position, which is not good. I would like to think that that's going to change. Mm. I would hope it will change, mm. but who knows. There's definitely a lot more um, outlets like platforms and inclusion, I find. Like you've got inc- – it could be a lot better though, like inclusions in movies and ads. And I think the more that we do that, I think the more it will become accepted by mm. mainstream, I would hope. But I, do you think we're still a ways off or do you think – I think it's getting there. Um, think back years ago, if you had somebody who was, you know, it's usually somebody who was gay, you know, they'd be very flamboyant. Oh, dolls, you know. Oh, sweetheart, you know. You know, carry on movies, things like that. You know, it's always the person who was a little bit, oh, you know. Which side of the, who's he batting for type thing. Yeah. They tended to be portrayed as... Um, flamboyant. Very girly or whatever. Mm. I think it's slowly getting to the stage where people are getting past that. You have got a number of actors and actresses, so just actors, you see, general term, who are transgender but mm. don't make a big deal of it, mm-hmm. um, or who are openly gay but don't make a big deal of it. You know, they're an actor, they're portraying a part, mm. and it might have nothing to do with their gender or their sexuality. I think in that regard, things are improving a hell of a lot from what it was even 10 years ago. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It's, it's, we still have was, a long way to go, though. Oh, look, I, I think back when I was born, like when I was growing up, if uh, somebody was a bit different, oh, he likes he likes men. Mm. Mm. There'd be one way trip off to a psych hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you have yeah. these wonderful little electrodes for you. <coughs> Yeah. yeah. Who knows? But, um, it's very true. You know, there was uh, over in England for ages, many years, was still on offence, criminal offence. You could get locked up. Mm. Um, Alan Turing, basically the inventor of the modern computer, he was gay and he uh, was chemically castrated and took his life as a result. Wow. So and yet he was um, part of the Bletchley Park uh, group who broke the Germans' uh, codes and helped him in the war. He did massive work on computers. He was brilliant. He was a mathematical genius. And yet because of his sexuality, that sort of thing is sad. It is. It's, it's criminal. It is. 
Eventually, the uh, queen apparently uh, back. Oh, can't remember when a couple of years ago now. Granted him a pardon posthumously. Okay. Mm. But again, a bit late for him now. Yeah, I know, yeah. right? I know. I watched this documentary called Disclosure, and it's about transgender and some of the challenges they face. And one of the things they brought up was that, yes, it is becoming more accepted with transgender um, women especially, but they're saying that the violence against these transgender women is increasing. I know being an ex-sergeant, you probably look at crime things and read things. Have you noticed that yourself or how do you feel about that? I don't know about Australia. I do hear a lot of stories from America. I think America is still terribly polarised about so many issues. Yeah. You know, the red states, the blue states, um, the Bible Belt, you know, God damn, don't let that in our neighbourhood type thing, mm-hmm. um, which I think is scary. There are a lot of uh, hate crimes uh, for all types of reasons, uh, but, yeah, a lot of transgender crimes too. Is it happening in Australia? I don't think it's anything to the same extent as okay. America. I won't say it doesn't happen. I don't know. Most of what I've ever heard about or seen or whatever has tended to be from America. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Using the person's correct name and the correct pronoun, they're such a simple thing to do, but they have such a positive impact. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, so... How are some ways that society can make the transgender community feel more accepted, more respected, more valued? For me personally, it's more of an ongoing issue with uh, education. If somebody, like a few times I've some people come up to me and say, oh, uh, how should we talk to you? What, what should we call you? Mm. But, you yeah, know, it's that simple. Um, there's a lot of confusion by people too. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the hardest I find is people who have known me for most of my life, or long before I uh, became Jennifer, and they still have trouble changing the pronoun or have trouble saying Jennifer and not Jeff, mm. things like that. Um, and I, I have no problem with that mm-hmm. because it's bad enough for me trying to keep up with it too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I usually I'll feel ah girl ah ah I'll <laughs> yeah and I do that to myself but you know you, you go sixty years of your life being male and then oh hang on I think I'll be girl tomorrow it doesn't it's not just like flicking a switch mm-hmm. there's an awful lot involved yeah um, so anybody who's known me from way before I was Jennifer and they misgender me I don't even think about it quite often they get embarrassed and go oh sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's cool. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Mm. But it, it's sometimes too. It's like I was saying. Yeah, you might. I might be walking down the street and somebody's going. I just go. Hi, how are you? Big smile. If they're, if they're glaring at me, sort of looking. Yeah, uh, what am I seeing? <laughs> and if I get eye contact, I go. Hi, big smile. How you going? And I just keep going. And they, they usually. Ah, oh, good. Thanks. How are you? It's, to me, I put that down as a bit of education. Yeah. A little bit of ongoing, you know, maybe make it a little bit easier for somebody else. I don't know. I hope so. 
Yeah. That's really good. It's, I, I really like your perspective. It's very inspiring, very open-minded. You're, you know, instead of jumping at these people that don't use it, you're not assuming that they're not using it because they don't disagree or disrespect, but it's just that it's uncomfortable for them or it's just a habit. Oh, it's very, very confused. It's very understanding. And uh, a couple so, of years ago, and we know, sorry, just break in there. No, I'm still smart about this. I went over from India on a trip. The only time I've been on this bus tour, but this was one time I was very pleased I was on a bus tour. India is a very strange country. And if there's an Indian person listening, sorry, but it is a really strange country. <laughs> Your traffic rules, they don't exist. Anyway. Um, yeah, had no great dramas. Uh, there's so many places... In India, especially in the larger cities, or getting on off trains or whatever, where you go through security checks in New Delhi, you've got to get on the um, the the train system. Mm. You've got to go through a security check. That's what I'd line up on the girls' side, and I get these strange looks. I just say, transgender. Oh, <laughs> and oh, it was so funny too. A couple of places going to the Taj Mahal. Most, a lot of Indian ladies, I'm sure there's some six-foot ladies in India, but I didn't see many. Most Indian ladies are very petite, very, you know, very short, very petite, very feminine, lovely, lovely ladies. But at the Taj Mahal, where they did the security check, they had a box there for the ladies to stand up on. I'm all scratched up trying to get through <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was okay, and uh, oh, I had a great old giggle with the lady who was doing the scan with the yeah the metal detector wand. Yeah, I think we held up the line for a couple of minutes while we chatted, but she was really nice. But then uh, when I went to, we're going from Varanasi, I think it was, back to New Delhi by plane, and I was in the airport, and I had to go to the toilet, so I went to the toilet, and it was ladies' toilet, of course, yeah. As I'm coming out of the toilet, is uh, one of the uh, airport ladies, a uh, manager or something, and also a, a female, uh, I think she was a police officer, standing there. And I'm oh, hi. Oh, could we speak with you? Oh, yeah, hang on a second. Wash my hands. <laughs> yes, how can I help you? Um, 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 I said, I'm transgendered. We talked to him. Oh, yes, no worries. So, you know, handed over my passport and it's got female on it. And, oh, yeah, how are you going? Real well, how's things? And we had a really nice chat. As soon as you get over that little, oh, you're transgender, no problem. There must admit there are certain countries overseas I would, I think I would avoid, I wouldn't mm-hmm. go to, mm-hmm. where there are still a lot of transphobic, uh, homophobic uh, people. And I just wouldn't take the risk. So that's up to them. Yeah. They're missing out on my customer. I don't care. That's true. You're missing out on your tourist dollars yeah. and your friendly jokes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one thing I still keep from when I was male. I've still got the old dad jokes, you know. Dad, I was going to say dad jokes, but they're good. Yeah, they are, anyway. <laughs> and, and, and speaking of dad jokes... Does does Jeff still exist at all? After yeah, I think so. Um, in a in a strange way, 
I often consider myself to be, you know, something about the spectrum, like that whole range of possibilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'd say that 80% uh, Jennifer and about maybe 20% Jeffrey. Every so often something will happen and I very much fall into the old, the old sergeant, mate, you know. <laughs> yeah, get over there, do this, yeah. <laughs> Um, and with the SES, and sometimes I'm one of the deputies up at the SES, and um, if something happens, all of a sudden I find myself barking out orders and, you, know, <laughs> you get out of here, <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, I'm not terribly polite sometimes, but um, I think that's still a little bit of the old Jeffrey. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, he was with you for so many years, so he's, oh, he's got to still... Present himself, doesn't he? Well, the funny thing is, these days I think back to when I was Jeffrey, Jeff, and I sort of go, Yeah, I remember him. He wasn't that bad, I suppose. He was okay. <laughs> He's a funny fellow sometimes, uh, a bit nasty sometimes. He was okay. Uh, I can't it's imagine. Like, it's nasty. like thinking about. A friend who you haven't seen for a while. Okay, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's really interesting. I can't, I can't just sort of say Jeffrey never existed because he did. Yeah, and yeah. I can't say he was not part of me because he was. Where we are now is an accumulation of what's gone on before, and if you try to deny it, well, you're denying yourself. Do you, do you think if Jen had come out earlier, do you think Jen would have gone into the police force? I have no idea. I honestly don't. Um, 2020 hindsight's a dangerous thing. Mm. You look back on things and think, oh, if only I'd done such and such. Ah, yeah, you, you could, that, that, that drives you insane. It does, it does. Yeah. That's insanity. Um, you could live in the past like that. But it's done. And over the years, there's a lot of things. I think the regrets I've got over the years, not the things I've done, but the things I could have done. Would I live my life again the same way? Maybe. Probably. I don't know. So ask me again in 20 years' time. Okay. What advice would you give to anyone who may be afraid to come out as another gender or just to anyone who may be afraid to show who they truly are inside? The best advice I can give is what I found was that most of the fears, most of the um, things you most worry about are the ones that are in your head. They're the fears that live within you. It's, it's not that bad. Be honest. Be yourself. Be true to yourself. That was one of the big things that are always... Talking about it, uh, the AGA. Be true to yourself, and it's, and it's spot on. It's, yeah, if you're not true to yourself, if you try to be something you're not, you will never be happy. It's true, and it's not as hard. We think it's hard to be show our true self, but like you said, once you start oh, to do it, it's, yeah. it's taking that first step. Yeah, that, that, that's the hardest step, and there are stumbles along the way, and there are things that you. Oh, my God, where are we going to now? Yeah. But um, I don't know. You, you, you've got to take that step if it's preying on you that badly and if, if, if it's something that you really have to do, do it. Yeah, be true to yourself. Don't try and pretend you're not. 
What is something you would like to tell or remind the world about the transgender society? Um, we're just people. We're just people. That's a good one. That's all we are. Um, everybody seems to think that if you're transgender, that's the all and end all of mm-hmm. existence. But it's not. It's just one facet of who you are. We're just people. We all have different interests. We all have other things that keep us going. Um, okay, I used to be in the police force. I'm in the uh, SES. I'm a dragon boat paddler. I love snow skiing. I love red wine. <laughs> I like reading science fiction. All those types of things. I know used to be in a pistol club. That was great fun. We'd like to get back to it. But anyway, that's another story. I know uh, one trans woman over in, over in uh, Western Australia. She's big into some sort of Western shootout society. Oh, well, that, sounds, and they use that sounds fun. Black powder, six, you know, six shot revolvers, and uh, 12 gauge shotguns. And I sort of, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we're, we're, all, we're all different. Mm. We're all different people. You, you just can't judge people on one thing alone. They're too, well, way too different to be just judged by one thing. Mm. Yeah, it's um, a bit like saying, oh, he's a Labour voter or he's a Liberal voter. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got two horns and a tail. <laughs> Yeah, or he's a snowboarder. Oh my God, <laughs> the gender one. But who knows? It's one of those things that um, there's so many things that we can do. There's so many things that uh, we do do. Mm-hmm. And just to judge by one, if somebody by one thing only, it's so wrong. It's so nearsighted. That's such wise words of wisdom. Oh God, I like that. That's so true. So true. Now. Now, Jen, now, these questions may not be your thing because these are my thing. So if you don't want to answer them, that's fine because this is, this is, this. Yeah, <laughs> um, so I believe our purpose in life is to radiate life and true happiness. It's about leaning into what we love, what we believe in. It's about being kind and serving others. So that's what I personally believe. What do you believe is the key to finding happiness? Oh, goodness. Um, First off, define happiness. Like for me, the happiness is life isn't perfect, but you're at peace and acceptance of what happens. For me, that is what happiness is. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, yeah, and that, that's sort of their definition. I'll go with that. <laughs> um, but for me, I like to think that if I'm with somebody or in a situation, that I can leave that situation a bit better than when I came into it. Um, I might not always succeed. I might not do a really good job. I might fail miserably, but at least I try. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. Sometimes there's situations where it's a no-win situation, where it doesn't matter what you do, it's going to be bloody awful. <laughs> I'm sorry. But um, there's also times when you know, you just by being there and by just listening or just, um, just being there for somebody, 
sometimes it's enough. And, uh, you know, just showing compassion occasionally, that's about as, you know, and just extending friendship. Yeah. If that's all you can do and you do it, okay, job done. Mm-hmm. Success. But, yeah, like, you're not going to, not all of us are going to solve all the problems of all the world. Yeah. What in the world, what in the hell could we do about Putin and Ukraine and invasion by Russia and all the rest of it? Mm-hmm. We can look on and just sort of in horror going, you idiots. Mm. Yeah, and we can't solve all the problems of the world. What we can do is help those people who are near us mm. and look after people who are near us and try and do the best you can for people who are near us. That's beautiful. Anyway. I like that. Oh, okay. I like that. No definition. problem. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm going to ask a few more questions. <laughs> ask away. Lucky you've got a glass of wine in your hand. So to you, what does vulnerability mean? In the context of transgender, when I was letting people know about who I was, and what was going on in my life, I felt very, very vulnerable because I was opening myself up to... I was telling them the biggest secret, my horrible secret about me right from the core of my being. And to do that, I did expose myself. And I did not know how people would react to me. And was there vulnerability? Yes, I was. However, I was very, very fortunate. Very generally speaking, most people accepted me. I won't say everybody did. There's some people who I've broken off contact with, and uh, which is very sad and very distressing in some circumstances. Sometimes it's, yeah... <laughs> Who cares? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but, you know, just like that. But that's, to me, that was probably the best I can think of as far as vulnerability. I think vulnerability is where you open yourself up to somebody and you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think sometimes, too, like a counselling session, and if a person comes to you and they want to help and you're prepared to listen and you're prepared to help, and they tell you everything that's going on in their life and, you know, they open their heart to you, they're trusting you because they're vulnerable and they're putting their trust in you. That is a massive trust, one that you cannot... You, you, you can't break that trust, you know, but it's, it's, it's vulnerability where you, you're putting... Your whole being, your whole self, your honour, your credibility, everything, you're putting it in their hands. And that's how I felt when I was first started um, talking about Jennifer and also too sometimes when people have come to me for help and they've trusted me enough to expose their vulnerability to me. And that, you know, it's one of those trust things. Mm. I can't think of another way of saying it, really. It's a hard one, vulnerability. It is. Because there are people that break it and 
There's some people who see vulnerable being vulnerable mm. not as a strength, but as a weakness, mm. and they attack it. Yeah, it's definitely a strength. I would like to think it's more people that are good about things like that than not. Yeah, unfortunately, there are some people who, like I say, they see vulnerability as a weakness mm. to be exploited. Mm-hmm. And those sort of people are toxic. You know, you, you've just got to be so careful with them. I know. Yeah. I know. It's crazy, you do. Now, Jennifer, what does that? That's you. (laughs) Um, What does a well-lived life mean to you? I think if you look back and you think, well, what are the what are the things that you feel embarrassed about? What are the things that you could have done differently that you didn't? What have been the times? When you've done something from a meanness of spirit, not from being generous. If you'd like, I think sometimes or other we all have that moment where we, you know, we've got a choice. Are we generous or are we going to be men of, men of spirit? Are we going to uplift somebody or put them down? Mm-hmm. If you can recognize and say, that was bad. I shouldn't have done that. I'll never do that again. Okay, that's probably forgivable. But where you think, oh, yeah, that was so clever, oh, I'm going to do that again. Mm. That's terrible. Uh, A well-lived life is trying to avoid those sorts of situations where you let the meanness of spirit take over, where you let your um, your ego or your petty little power plays Mm. or whatever we see it in all sorts of things. I think Putin's doing it at the moment. Mm. Um, for example, I kind of keep coming back to that fool. I think I always remember um, many, many years ago, I was in the North Carolina Surf Club and they had an annual general meeting. I was only a junior, I was about all of 16, very full of myself. Mm. I've gone along to the annual general meeting, we all had a vote. And they had this vote on making two members life members. One of the members, I, oh, I didn't know him. I was in the boat crew. He's nothing to do with me. And in my arrogance and my ignorance, I voted against it. However, my vote meant nothing because everybody else voted for him. But then when it was announced and he got up there and he accepted his life membership, he was in tears. And I felt like such a grub. I felt like such a horrible person that I didn't realise. Here I was exercising this non-existent little power mm-hmm. and it was a time when I could have been generous, but I wasn't. I could have been a nice person, but I wasn't. And I always remember that time watching Max get up there and accept his life membership and I felt like such a failure. Don't say always do the right thing, but I try to. I think lessons like that, if you learn them young and you remember them, people who are mean of spirit, people who try to take advantage of others for no good reason, no, they're not nice people. They're not good people. And I don't think they would live a good life. Yeah. They can't be happy, can they? Well, I think they're happy. But, yeah. I know. It's a twisted sort of happiness, I think. It is. 
That's so true. Anyway. And... You're really wondering where the task is. I am. So, Jennifer. Well, it's all in the girl. How would you define the soul? Well, I've got a pair of shoes and each shoe has a soul on it. <laughs> I uh, knew you were going to say something like that. Sorry, bad joke again. <laughs> very, very difficult to define. I don't know. I think it's that thing, that, that spark inside of us that makes us who we are. And that's about all I can really think of. Mm. Um, I think there's something in us that drives us on. There's something in us that, um, whether it's a, a, a product of our education, our upbringing, our beliefs, our experiences, it's probably all part of that too. But what exactly it is? I don't know. Can you measure it? I don't know. Can you give it a quantifiable shape or something? I doubt it. I don't know. I think there is something inside of us, something that drives us. What it is, how it works, who knows? I like to think there's something out there, I don't know. We'll find out one day. Thanks for tuning in today, and I hope that you have enjoyed today's soulful conversation and that it may have served you in some small way. You can connect with me over at theomcollective.org. And if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to review and rate. I will be back on Sunday with a meditation or sleep story, and then again on Friday with another soulful conversation. So until next week, stay well, stay safe, and may you live your life with ease. Namaste. Tune into the OM Collective podcast every Friday for soulful conversations. Your host Claire will have soul-fueling, soul-steeping, soul-inspiring conversations that will nourish, inspire, educate and empower.